saying. Jeremiah 36, and I want to look at something tonight, a story uh, from this chapter, and uh, another story related to this regarding a spirit and uh, the type of spirit that we find in this passage as a warning to us regarding our spirit, and in particular as it, um, our spirit uh, as it is in regards to the Word of God. And so I want you to think about this as we read Jeremiah 36. I invite you to stand. We're, we're going to read uh, several verses here. If you get tired, sit down. But uh, I want us to, to read several verses here. Jeremiah 36, beginning verse 1. The Bible says, And it came to pass in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, that this word came unto Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Take thee a roll of a book, and write therein all the words that I have spoken unto thee against Israel, and against Judah, and against all the nations, from the day I spake unto thee, from the days of Josiah, even unto this day. It may be that the house of Judah will hear all the evil which I purpose to do unto them, that they may return every man from his evil way, that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. Then Jeremiah called Barak the son of Neriah, and Barak wrote uh, from the mouth of uh, Jeremiah, all the words of the Lord, which he had spoken unto him upon a roll of a book. Jeremiah commanded Barak, saying, I am shut up, I cannot go into the house of the Lord, therefore go thou, and read in the roll which thou hast written from my mouth, the words of the Lord in the ears of the people in the Lord's house upon the fasting day. And also thou shalt read them in the ears of all Judah, that come out of their cities. I'll jump down to verse 16. Now it came to pass when they had heard all the words, they were afraid, both one and other, and said unto Barak, uh, We will surely tell the king of all these words. Now skip down to verse 20. And they went into the king, into the court, and they laid up the roll in the chamber of Elisha the scribe, and told all the words in the ears of the king. So the king sent Jehudi to fetch the roll, and he took it out of Elishama the scribe's chamber. Jehudi read it in the ears of the king, and in the ears of all the princes which stood beside the king. Now the king sat in the winter house in the ninth month, and there was a fire on the hearth burning before him. And it came to pass that when Jehudi had read three or four leaves, he cut it with the penknife and cast it into the fire that was on the hearth until all the roll was consumed in the fire that was on the hearth. Yet they were not afraid, nor rent their garments, neither the king nor any of his servants that heard all these words. I want to preach on the spirit of Jehoiakim tonight. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the day you've given us. Thank you, God, for uh, just this time that we could worship you in Amen. spirit and in truth. Amen. God, we pray that it's been a blessing to your heart. We pray that it's uh, uh, prepared us for the receiving of the word of God, the preaching of your word. 
God, I pray that each and every one of us, Lord, that we would be vessels fit for your use, not only me as I stand to preach, but also each and every one of your children gathered here today. Lord, that we would be attentive to the Spirit of God. Lord, I pray that you would help us as we read this story, as we hear this story, we consider this story and the spirit of Jehoiakim. God, I pray that it would be our desire to not have this spirit. Amen. Lord, I pray that you would uh, help us to receive the truth, help us to humble ourselves before you, that you might lift us up in due time. And Lord, we'll thank you for all that you do. Uh, Father, we will give you the praise for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Jehoiakim here, he is the king of Judah. He's one of the very last kings of Judah before they go into captivity to Babylon. And uh, Jeremiah here in the beginning of this chapter is instructed of the Lord to write down all these prophecies that he has uh, been given down through the years. And if you, you study it out and you look at, at it, about 22 years of prophecies that God has given uh, over, uh, over a time of 22 years. He's given him these prophecies and now God wants them written down and put, put in a book, a roll of a book it says here. And then he wants these words to be read to the people and read to the king, and uh, these the, the purpose of of all this is is listed in verse number three. He says it may be that the house of Judah will hear all the evil which I purpose to do unto them, that they may return every man from his evil way, that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. Yeah. He is not promising that judgment will not come. I want you to understand this, and we need to understand this as the people of God. He's not saying if you will repent, then judgment won't come. Amen. But he is saying if you will repent, then I will forgive you. Yes. Amen. Listen, we, we've gone too far in this nation to Amen. expect God to withhold judgment Amen. upon us. Listen, all through, and, and, and you know, as you study the word of God, I don't know of one nation that escaped the judgment of God. I can't think of one, in all my study of God's Word, I can't think of one nation that escaped judgment. You say, why is that? Because they all earned it. Amen. Canada's earned the judgment of God. Amen. And it is coming. The United States has earned the judgment of God. Yes. And it is coming. And so, he's not saying, if you'll repent, there won't be judgment. But he is saying, if you'll repent, I'll forgive you. Yes. Amen. And as we see this, and I believe as we'll see in just a little while, he is saying, if you'll repent, there may be a postponement of judgment. Sure. And so he's given them this, this, this role of a book, his word, his prophecies to them, uh, so that they can get their hearts right with God, they can reestablish their relationship with God, and it may be that they can have a little space of grace. And so it's always God's desire, listen, it's always God's desire to bring you and I back into a right relationship with Him. It is His chief desire. We are created to fellowship with God. He wants fellowship. He wants union. He wants friendship. And it's always His desire. But 
He does so not through just uh, excusing sin or pushing it to the side and say, well, we won't deal with that. He does so through His Word. He tries to establish or reestablish fellowship. And it's in the response to the Word of God that really determines whether we have fellowship with God or not, whether we have forgiveness. And so here he's telling Jeremiah, write it down, put it in the book, take it to the people, read it to the people, and see if they will repent. Now, when it comes to the king, when these words are read to the king, we see really his heinous response to the word of God. His spirit toward God's word is despicable. He has a spirit of disdain toward the word of God. He has a spirit of denial. He has a spirit of disrespect. He has a spirit of disbelief. He, he takes God's word and he does not receive it as it is the word of God. He takes it as, well, this is just what Jeremiah thinks. Listen, we better be careful when the word of God is preached through the man of God. We better be careful not to say, well, that's just what the preacher thinks. Amen. That's just your take on it. Yeah, I don't think it really means that. Now listen, we all are going to give an account to God for how we respond to the Word Amen. of God, Amen. to the preaching of the Word of God. These are not Jeremiah's words. These are God's words. Amen. Notice in verse number 6, he's, when Jeremiah is given instructions to Barak, his uh, scribe, he says this, Therefore go thou and read in the roll which thou hast written from my mouth the words of the Lord. Amen. Well, they're coming from your mouth, Jeremiah. They must be your words. No, God, listen, all the way back in Jeremiah chapter 1, God promised Jeremiah, I'll put my words Amen. in your mouth. Amen. Be not afraid of their faces. Just give them the word of God, and then it's up to them how they respond. So Jeremiah is preaching to them the word of God. But the spirit of Jehoiakim influences the entire nation. Now you notice when we read in verse 16, when they read these words to the people, the people were afraid, the Bible says. They were afraid both one another. It shook them. When they, when they, when they started reading these prophecies of Jeremiah, and I know, listen, I know Jeremiah is probably not our favorite book to read. <laughs> that we just heard about, you know, sometimes it's tough plowing. That's right. But every word of God is pure. Amen. It's all profitable. Yeah, amen. You say, well, that wasn't written to me. It's still profitable. Amen. Amen. Might not be written to you, but it's written for you. Amen. And so, but you read down through Jeremiah, and, and listen, we... You know, we sometimes we read through these prophets these prophecies, and it just it's just judgment, 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 judgment. But God is not unjust, He is not uncaring, He is not unloving. These listen, judgment, judge when God says judgment upon a nation, it is not to destroy them, it is to rescue them. 
And so he's, he's reaching out to the people. The people are afraid. But now it's brought to the king. And the king's spirit toward the word of God will push this nation uh, toward judgment prematurely. And, and I, I, I want to give a word to the men of the homes and the leaders of the church. Listen, our spirit toward the word of God will affect and can infect those in our care. Jehoiakim is the leader of the nation. He has a bad spirit toward the word of God and toward the revealed word of God in his life and for his people. And his spirit influences the nation. Amen. The responsibility of leaders of our country, of our churches, of our homes toward the word of God is vast. Amen. So the spirit of Jehoiakim, he has, he has the spirit toward the word of God that he doesn't need it. He has the spirit toward the word of God that it doesn't apply to him. He has the spirit toward the word of God that it's not true. He has this bad spirit toward God's word and it affects the nation. It prevents repentance. Amen. It prevents forgiveness. It prevents restoration. Listen, it prevents revival. Amen. That there's, there's a whole generation of churches, I use that term loosely, that they have, listen, they, they have what they're calling revivals. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're having revivals. We got, you know, we got the Asbury revival. We got this revival and that revival. And listen, what's going on does not line up to the Word of yeah. God. Amen. It's not even close to a revival. Amen. But what they've got is they've got their emotions whipped up and they've got this, and they're, they're, they're adding their ideas to a move of God. God is nowhere near that stuff. Amen. He said, how can you say that with a, with a shirt? You know, I was shocked. I was really shocked by the, by the people, the yes. preachers, yes, that gave props to this Asbury revival yes. garbage. Amen. Amen. Shocked. Amen. People that supposedly believe the book. And they would say, well, you know, you're not there. You can't judge it. Oh, I can judge it, and I will. Amen. And it's not my judgment. It's the judgment of God's word. Amen. You can't say they're, they're having revival when they've got sodomites up on the platform. Amen. 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 Got women preachers. That's not revival. Yeah, I still preach against that. Amen. Amen. Got the devil's music, Amen. that bad spirit music. It's not revival. But the modern church thinks we can have revival without the word of God. There is no such thing. Amen. It's impossible. Amen. Because revival comes when we have the right spirit toward the word of God. Amen. Now when you look at this story, and the players here. Jer you got Jeremiah the prophet. You got Jehoiakim the king. And Jeremiah is bringing God's word to, to Jehoiakim, and Jehoiakim is refusing to hear the word of God. What's very interesting to me is that just one generation back, 
you had a very similar occurrence. Look with me in 2 Kings chapter 23 and uh, stop on your way at Jeremiah chapter 1, okay? Jeremiah 1, 2 Kings 23. Second Kings 23, Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah 1, verse 1. The Bible says, The words of Jeremiah, the son of who? Hilkiah, of the priests that were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin. So Jeremiah is the son of who? Hilkiah, the priest. So Jeremiah comes through from a priestly line. Yes. Okay? Now look at uh, 2 Kings chapter 23. Look at verse number 34. 2 Kings 23, 34. The Bible says, And Pharaoh Necho made Eliakim the son of Josiah king in the room of Josiah his father and turned his name to what? Jehoiakim. And took Jehoahaz away, and he came to Egypt and died there. So Jehoiakim is the son of who? Josiah. So you've got, in, in our story in Jeremiah 36, you've got Jeremiah and Jehoiakim. And their dads are, Jehoiakim's dad is Josiah, and Jeremiah's dad is Hilkiah. Now look with me in Second Chronicles chapter 34. Second Chronicles 34. Josiah is probably a very familiar name to you. Hilkiah might be, maybe not. A little lesser known. But I want us to look, as we go back one generation... From our story in in uh, Jeremiah thirty six, look at Second Chronicles thirty four verse one. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned in Jerusalem one and thirty years. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and walked in the ways of David his father, and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. Look at verse number eight. Now in the eighteenth year of his reign. When he had purged the land and the house, he sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, and Messiah, the governor of the city, and Joah, the son of Joahaz, the recorder, to repair the house of the Lord his God. Look at verse 14. And when they brought out the money that was brought into the house of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found a book of the law of the Lord given by Moses. And Hilkiah answered and said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book. Now you probably heard a message preached from this text. I mean, what a great text. I have found the book. Amen. And he said, I found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah delivered the book to Shaphan. Look at verse 18. Then Shaphan the scribe told the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest hath given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. And it came to pass. When the king had heard the words of the law, that he rent his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah and Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, 
and Abdon the son of Micah, and Shaphan the scribe, and Asiah the uh, servant of the king, saying, Go inquire of the Lord for me and for them that are left in Israel and in Judah concerning the words of the book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured out upon us because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord to do after all that is written in this book. Look down at verse 24. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place and upon the inhabitants thereof, even all the curses that are written in the book, which they have read before the king of Judah, because they have forsaken me and have burned incense unto other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore my wrath shall be poured out upon this place and shall not be quenched. And as for the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, so shall ye say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, concerning the words which thou hast heard, because thine what? heart was tender, and thou didst humble thyself before God when thou heardest his words against this place and against the inhabitants thereof, and humblest thyself before me, and didst rend, uh, didst rend thy clothes and weep before me. I have even heard thee also, saith the Lord. Behold, I will gather thee to thy fathers, and thou shalt be gathered to thy grave in peace. Neither shall thine eyes see all the evil that I will bring upon this place and upon the inhabitants of the same. So they brought the king word again. So you've got these two stories. And here in 2 Chronicles 34, you find the priest Hilkiah finding the book of the law. What is that? Well, that's the, that's the law that God gave to Moses. Amen. They start reading in the law and they say, oops, uh-oh. Yikes. We're in trouble. But notice the difference between Josiah's spirit and Jehoiakim's spirit. Josiah, when he is given the word of God, he says, we're in trouble. We've done wrong. Let's go to God. Let's pray. Let's ask for mercy. Let's humble ourselves. Let's change our ways. Amen. 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 Jehoiakim, he gets the word of God. He said, I don't like this. I'm not changing nothing. Come on. Who does he think he is? Jeremiah trying to tell me how to run the kingdom. Come on. Tell me how to run my life. Tell me how to run my home. Tell me what's wrong. What I'm doing is wrong and I need to change my ways. Listen, when Jehoiakim's given the word of God, he tears the Bible. Amen. He rips out the pages. And did you notice at first it was just a page here and a page there. But by the end of the verse, the whole book's in the fire. And why not? Listen, if you take one word away from this book, you might as well throw out the whole thing. Amen. Amen. These guys will say, well, you know, the, the King James Bible, you know, it's, it's a trustworthy translation. And it, it's, we venerate the King James Bible. You know what those are code words for? We don't believe all. Yep, that's right. Amen. 
Well, we think there could be some improvement. Then throw out the whole book. It's either God's word or it's not. Either God preserved it or he didn't. Listen, when you come across one truth in this Bible and your spirit toward that is, well, you know, I don't really think that's important. You might as well shut the whole book, put it on the shelf, and leave the church. Because you have changed your final authority from God's word to yourself. Amen. The spirit of Jehoiakim, he tears, he tears the roll. He tears the leaves out. He's, but Josiah, you know what he does? He doesn't tear the book, he tears his clothes. Yep. So what does that mean? That's a sign of repentance Amen. and humility. Amen. You know what he's saying? What the spirit of Jehoiakim is, when, when, when the preacher says something I don't like, there's something wrong with the book, or there's something wrong with you. But the spirit of Jehoshaphat, I'm sorry, Josiah, is this. When when God reveals something to me from his word and I and convicts me, the problem's not with the book. The problem is with me. I'm the problem. Amen. Now, very simply, we can look at these two stories and we can see where Jehoiakim tries to justify himself. He has a bad spirit toward the word of God. Judgment falls. Where Josiah humbles himself and he receives the word of God as it is in truth, the word of God and not, not the word of men. Then revival comes. Amen. We say it all the time. The only hope for our nation is revival. Yep. The only hope for our churches is revival. Amen. The only hope for our children is revival. But we better get this point down and we'll never see revival. Amen. What is your spirit toward the word of God? Amen. Jehoiakim's refusal to receive God's word and repent not only cost him, but it cost him. It cost his children. Look look back in Jeremiah 36. It was just amazing to me as I'm looking at these stories. Amen. And and I mean there are only one generation between these two stories. One of the reasons I believe where why people are trying to erase our history is so that we can't learn from it. In one generation, you can go from loving God's word and receiving God's word and humbling yourself in God's word to refusing God's word on a national scale. Amen. God has blessed this church. Amen. I'm just going to get personal with you a little bit tonight. God has blessed this church. Amen. I've seen this church grow exponentially. Amen. I mean, we first came to Digby in 2010. And, and we just had a little flock in Digby and there's a little flock in Bridgetown. And we never scheduled meetings the same week because we counted on the other person's church to come support it. We needed something, you know. There was nothing. Very few. 
And listen, God has blessed this church abundantly. But do not think that it's just going to always be this way just because. Amen. Amen. In, in Jeremiah 36, look, look what happens here. Look near the end of the chapter. We stopped reading in 24, I think. Look down in that. Well, let's go to verse 30. I'm not out of time, but I'm almost out of voice. Verse 30. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of, Je uh, of Jehoiakim, king of Judah. I like how the Lord worded that. Don't you? Yeah. The Lord of Jehoiakim. Jehoiakim wasn't, he wasn't following the Lord as Lord, but he's still the Lord. <laughs> he shall have none to sit upon the throne of David, and his dead body shall be cast out in the day to the heat and in the night to the frost, and I will punish him and his seed and his servants for their iniquity. And I will bring upon them and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem and upon the men of Judah all the evil that I have pronounced against them, but they hearken not. Listen. Josiah, Hilkiah finds the book. Brings it to Josiah. And God said, I'm bringing judgment. And Josiah says, Lord, we're sorry. We're wrong. You're right. We'll change. We're not asking you to change. We're not expecting you to change. We'll change. And God says, okay. First and foremost, you're forgiven. Fellowship's reestablished. And you know what? I'm not going to bring judgment. I'm going to hold off on that. Comes to Jehoiakim. He's wicked. God brings his word again in mercy. Listen, he didn't have to send Jeremiah. He didn't have to give Jeremiah prophecies regarding the kingdom. They already had the book of the law. But in his mercy, he sends another warning. Amen. And Jehoiakim refuses. He just he has a bad spirit toward the word of God. Come on, brother. Yeah. No forgiveness, no revival, and no stay of judgment. God drops the hammer on him. And it's over. After Jehoiakim, it's over. Judah goes into captivity. Into Babylon. And let me tell you something. Things still are not the same for Israel. That's right. It's still not the same. They still have not gotten over this. That's right. Amen. We're not talking a couple decades. We're talking a couple centuries and longer. Our spirit toward the word of God. Listen, the book will reveal what spirit you have. Amen. Amen. 
You know why Josiah got right when the word was shown to him? Because his spirit was already right toward God. Even though he didn't have all the answers and even though he wasn't doing everything the way he should have. He had a right spirit toward the word. Listen, God is patient. God is kind. God is long-suffering. Amen? Amen. Praise God for that. As long as we have a right spirit toward God and a right spirit toward His Word, He will be merciful to us. He will be long-suffering to us. He will bring us along. But when we have an adamant spirit against the Word of God, look, you reject the Word of God, there's nothing left but judgment. Amen. There's Amen. the only thing left. And that, listen, Jehoiakim, he was not, if you'd have asked Jehoiakim, he wouldn't have said, oh, I don't believe in the God of Israel. Come on. No, he believed in the God of Israel. Right. He, I mean, if you'd ask him, do you believe in the law? Oh, yes. He wasn't some heathen. That's right. Amen. He paid lip service to God's word, but he did not have a heart for God's word. And when the message came home to him, you know, as long as the message is out there, as long as the message is for the other folks, as long as God doesn't plow close to our road, we're good with it. You know, we sit down there, you preach against cigarettes, man, I'll, I'll shout you down. Come on, brother. Alcohol, yeah, preacher, preacher. Let them have it. Dress standards, yeah, go, preacher, get them. Then you start preaching about being the right kind of husband. Amen. <laughs> Raising your kids right, according to the Bible. Come on. Cut it out. Oh, me. Cut it out. May as well. Having a right spirit. We're good at washing the outside. Yeah. Come on, brother. But having a right spirit. Yeah. You say, what kind of spirit do I have? that book will reveal what kind of spirit you have. Listen, you know what? Look look at this. Look at Hebrews chapter 4. Look at Hebrews chapter 4. We know these things. It does us good to be reminded. Hebrews 4. Verse 12. Probably a large portion of people in this auditorium could probably quote this verse. Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is quick. That doesn't mean it's fast, although it can work fast. It means it's alive. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Amen. I don't care how sharp your sword is. You're not getting that. You're not cutting that. That's right. That's right. That's right. These boys, I don't know. You, uh, all these boys still carry knives. 
got knives and then doing knife swaps and everything. That was always the big thing at homeschool oh, yeah. co-op. Knife and flashlight swaps. I mean, I mean, and, and the standard for how good your knife was, how sharp it was, and then the flashlight was how many lumens. Yes. Man, they're just going back and forth all oh, yeah. the time. I don't care how sharp your knife is. It can't divide between the spirit and the soul. But that book can. Look, it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You ever thought about that? This book, you, you wonder why people are so opposed to the word of God. There's something about it that scares them. It knows what you're thinking. It knows your intentions. You ever read the Bible? And you think, man, just like the preacher was saying earlier, wow, I needed that today. I needed that right now. This book's alive because it's the Word of God. It, it, it understands our emotions, it understands our thoughts and our intentions, Amen. and it deals with them. Amen. And that's how this book reveals our spirit. Sometimes it reveals our spirit to ourselves. Amen. We don't even know what spirit we're of. Amen. And then you, go, you come to church and the preacher gets up and he preaches. You say, oh, that's the kind of spirit I have. You see, as long as we're not confronted with the Word of God, we can keep up the facade and the really the, the uh, self-deception that we're okay with God. Jehoiakim would have told you that he was right with God. Jehoiakim would have told you that he believed the Bible. But then when the message came home to him and God said, you need to change. You need to repent. You need to get your heart right with God. Then all of a sudden, he didn't look at the Bible quite the same way. Now all of a sudden, it's just what Jeremiah thinks. It's just what the preachers. No, it's what God says. If we ever expect to have revival, we ever expect to see God's hand at work, we are going to have to humble ourselves before this book. Amen. What the modern church, what modern Christianity wants to do is they want to change the book. And so they have endeavored to destroy it they destroy it not the same way that they did years back where they would try to burn them all. But now they destroy it by not having it on the shelves. Yes. They try to. They want to give you their idea of what God has to say. You know, go back there to Jeremiah 36 one more time. We'll wrap it up. Look, look at what takes place here.
The king, remember verse 23, he's burned the whole thing. The whole thing's gone. It's all burned. He said, I don't like that part. I don't like that part. And the whole thing ends up in the fire. Look at verse 32 of Jeremiah 36. Then took Jeremiah another roll. Gave it to Barak the scribe, the son of Neriah, who wrote, wrote therein from the mouth of Jeremiah all the words of the book which Jehoiakim, king of Judah, had burned in the fire. And there were many, uh, there were added besides unto them many like words. You know what they would tell us today? Oh my, we've lost the originals. The originals. You know, several times in, the, in, in history, God has allowed the originals to be destroyed and never lost a moment's rest over it. Not one little bead of sweat popped up on God's forehead. Oh no, the originals are gone. But you can refuse this book all you want. You can say, well, I don't believe that. And I, I don't, I'm not going to accept that. And look, that's not going to change the truth. Amen. It's not going to change the word of God. Amen. If the whole world rejected this book, it would still be true. Amen. It would still be powerful. It still would be God's word. Moses comes down from the mount. He's got those tables that God wrote on. Can you imagine if we had those tables? You know what would be happening? People would be taking pilgrimages to see it and worship it. That's why they destroyed the, the, the brazen serpent. The children of Israel started worshiping the brazen serpent. It's not the brazen serpent that Moses made that healed you. It was God. It's not some tables that, well, God wrote on these tables. Can you imagine? And Moses comes down the mountain and he breaks them. Imagine all the professors just losing their minds right there. Ah, the originals. God's word still stands. Whether you reject them, whether you try to destroy them, whether you say, I don't believe them, I don't think they're true. They're still true. They're still eternal. The question is, what kind of spirit are we going to have toward the Word of God? Our spirit toward God's Word will determine our fellowship with God. You say, it can't be that simple. It is. Now, you say, preacher, I'm a Bible believer. I believe this book from cover to cover. I believe it's all God's word. I believe every word, every jot, every tittle. I believe all of it. I'm a King James Bible believer. That's good. Are you a King James Bible reader? Are you a King James Bible studier? Are you a King James Bible meditator? Are you a King James Bible liver? Because that's really what matters. That's really what matters. Really, if you're not all the other things, you're probably not really a King James Bible believer. Amen. 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 
And so these days of meetings that we have, and, and beyond these days, you know, revival doesn't happen during the meeting, usually. It happens after the meeting. Right. If your revival only lasts till the meeting's over, then you didn't get revival at all. Our spirit toward the Word of God is going to determine the level of victory and revival that we have in our lives. Amen. So really, listen, why don't we just come to the Lord and say, Lord, right off the bat, you're true and I'm a liar. You're right and I'm wrong. You're true and I'm false. So when, when you show me something in your word, it's just a, a foregone conclusion. Ahead of time, I just want to say, I'm going to, I'm going to make things right. Okay. I'm going to be like Josiah. If you reveal something to me this week that I thought, oh, it's okay, but all of a sudden now we hear and we see in God's word, it's not okay, it's gone. It's done. My spirit towards your word is complete submission and faith. What I, I believe it'd make a difference in our homes. It really would. If it, if it wasn't just, oh, we believe the Bible, but we really believe the Bible to the point where we will submit ourselves to the Word of God. Submit our families. Submit our home. How we do things. What we think. What we say. Our plans. Our goals. Our dreams. Everything runs through this book. What a difference it can make. Yes. It sure made a difference for Josiah. Amen. Amen. But on the adverse side, it sure made a bad difference for Jehoiakim. Whose spirit toward the word of God was rebellion. I'm good. I don't need that. I'm set. I'm fine. Be sat in a place where, where the Word of God is elevated. In a church where the Word of God is received as it is. God's Word, not man's Word. To be sad for someone to be sitting in here and not practicing that. So many churches, they cast doubt on the Word of God week after week after week. They just undercut it. They undermine it. They just... You're blessed... To be in a church where the word of God is reverenced and believed and preached. Hey, let's really believe it. Let's believe to the point where our spirit toward it is obedience and submission. The Lord, whatever you have to say. I remember a time. And I feel like I'm rambling here, but I just feel like I need to say something else. I remember a time when I was these guys' age. We go to church. Preacher get up and preach. I mean, he preached hard things. If we preach today, you know, half the congregation have a heart attack in the pew. I mean, they just made it plain. And they, they didn't care what people thought of it. They just made it so plain. And I remember whole families coming down to the altar. I remember my family coming down to the altar and dad saying, you know, we were wrong about this and that's going to change. And guess what? It changed. It changed. It changed. Amen. 
I remember a time where it seemed like lives were changed by the Word of God. Amen. And now too many times we just play, pay lip service to it. We don't mean it. Amen. We talk a good talk, but our lives are not submitted to it because we have a bad spirit toward it. Amen. We think we're doing enough. We're okay. It's not a big deal. Preacher, what are you yelling about? What are you screaming about? Look at us. We're here on a Sunday night where it's supposed to snow. Maybe it still will. Maybe it is now. I don't know. Preacher, why are you yelling at us? Because we have, we have adopted the Laodicean spirit. We are just comfortable. Amen. And we're so we're comfortable with our walk with God. We're comfortable with the status of our families. We're comfortable with the way things are going. We need revival. Amen. Amen. And it, and it starts right here. You say, Lord, your word is my final authority in all matters of faith and practice. There's nothing off limits to you. Nothing. Nothing. There's no part of my life that is private from you. It's all open to you. In your word. Whatever you say, that's law. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word tonight. So many times we do take it for granted. Feel like we can open it at any time, read it at any time. And sometimes we aren't as faithful as we ought to be. And that in and of itself reveals the spirit that we have towards your word. God, I pray that our hearts would be submitted to it. God, we don't want to have the spirit of Jehoiakim. We don't want to have the spirit of Josiah towards your word. Whatever you say, Lord. Whatever way that we are wrong, we'll make it right. God, would you just speak to us now, reveal your truth to our lives as it applies personally to us. And may we receive it with meekness tonight. Thank you for all you've done for us. You've been so good to us. Help us be good to you in return. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. These altars are open.